Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It was a night to go picture in picture or have a game on the phone and another on the TV. And if you were throwing the NFL game on TV, you were treated to something different as well. Seattle broke out their retina burner unis. Normally, I don't give a damn about uniforms. Never get caught up in that. I just don't care. And I'll keep that tradition going right now, which is probably a good thing for Seattle. No, I won't. You know the old saying, look like crap, feel like crap, feel like crap, play like crap. Yeah, well, that. You can't ever really prepare for that look, right? In fact, there were a lot of things that I was not prepared for when it came to last night's game, including multiple QBs jacking up their fingers, a double punt, And most of all, Geno Smith. Who's ever prepared for Geno Smith? Much less a Geno Smith game. Nobody expected that. One, because Russell Wilson rarely misses action. Hell, he's never missed an NFL game in his career. As for the Rams, in the first half, Matthew Stafford and his crew did not look quite right either. Something definitely seemed off. And that was before he messed up his finger. This is how Stafford described the finger injury and again. It's a reminder that these dudes are not like the rest of us. These dudes are on another level when it comes to pain threshold. Yeah, I just looked down at it. It was going it was on the left a little bit, threw it back in. Our guys did a great job, gave me a little tape, and I was able to just kind of keep it warm the rest yeah. of the day and, and uh, keep playing. Yeah, I understand that this is kind of what these guys do. It's part of the gig, and they play that tough guy thing, and they kind of laugh it off. But the guy did just refer to his finger as being, quote, on the left a little bit. End quote. And that the solution for fixing that was to, quote, throw it back in. So, like, your finger is not supposed to be, quote, on the left a little bit. That's not a term you use to describe a body part or the status of your digit. It's supposed to be straight. This guy's talking about it like he's trying to hang a painting. And it was just on the left a little bit. Like, move it to the right, a little more, a little more, a little bit. Stop. That's it. I mean, I love how these guys always pop bleep back into place when bleep pops out. Like, yeah, man, I got this thing. Got this thing on my shoulder. It's constantly popping out of joint. I spend half my days popping that bitch back into place. Then again, these dudes are a breed apart. We already know that. As far as the guys doing, quote, a great job for Stafford, he's right. Because they went from putting up three points in the first half to breaking out with 23 in the second half, and Stafford threw for 234 yards in the second half. So he had his finger thrown back in and taped up, and then it got warm, and then he started chucking it all over the joint, including to Deshaun Jackson for 68 yards. Seven step drop, steps up in the pocket, throws a deep ball far side for Jackson under throw, but he's there and he caught it at the 40. Running near side, Jackson 35 30 at the 25 20, at the 15 and out of bounds at the 11 yard line. Deshaun Jackson got free and the Seattle secondary, and it's a 68 yard gain. Pretty amazing how a guy like Jackson, Jackson, who's been doing it as long as he has, continues to find his way behind defenses. Granted, that is barely a defense that we're talking about with Seattle, which I'll get to. But when Matthew Stafford is airing it out like that, that is a dangerous, dangerous offense. Robert Woods broke out in a huge way. He came into last night's game with 15 receptions for 172 yards. Last night, 
He almost matched both those things. 12 receptions, buck and a half. Now, I don't know if that was by design or that was intentional or if that's what the defense was giving them because that particular defense gives anybody and everybody whatever the hell they want. But it worked. Speaking of things that worked, how about that punt from Michael Dixon late in the third? Dixon will punt. The Rams block it at the 10-yard line. The ball is on the far side. Dixon picks it up, running far side of the 20-yard line. Now punts it again, and it's a deep kick over the head of the Rams at the 30. At the 20, it rolls down to about the 11-yard line. There is no foul for illegally kicking the ball. The punter's heel was on the line of scrimmage at the time that he kicked the ball. I mean, you probably just heard me when I replayed that. Like, that makes me laugh every single time. First of all, it's a really athletic play. But it just makes me laugh every single time that that dude stops on a dime and re-kicks it. Like, I don't know exactly what I saw, and I've seen it like 50 times, and I laugh every time. But what that is is really a pretty athletic punter scooping up a block punt, starting to run with it, and then punting it again. I mean, that literally is one of the more jaw-dropping and confusing sequences you'll ever see. And even though I've seen it 50 times, I'm still not really clear on what happened. I mean, are you allowed to punt it twice? Was he behind the line of scrimmage? Turns out you can. You are allowed to punt it twice. So you learn something new every single day, right? And you know what else I learned? I'll tell you something else I learned, that Geno Smith is still in the league. Geno Smith is still alive. Russell Wilson jacked up his finger on Aaron Donald. It looked gnarly. I'm no team doctor, but I don't think you want your finger looking the way Russ's looked last night. Pete Carroll said after the game it was, quote, a badly sprained finger, end of quote. Again, honestly, far be it for me to be a doctor for my living room, that looked a lot worse than a badly sprained finger. That looked like something you might see from the Saw franchise. And again, Russ has not missed a game in a decade. He tried to play through it. I guess you couldn't just throw it back in there, tape it, and it would warm up. Nope, not with Russ. But what that meant was it was Geno Smith time. And for a time, Geno Smith was awesome. He was. I mean, how wild was it to see the flat earth truther? Back in an actual NFL game. Remember, this is a guy who got his face caved in by a teammate with the Jets. A guy who missed a team meeting in California because he was confused by time zones. A guy who called Rex Ryan, quote, a snake. And yet, he's still here. And not only still here, but getting it done. He rolls into the game to start a drive on his own two-yard line and then leads them on a 10-play, 98-yard drive that was capped off with this. At the 23 of L.A., Smith in the gun out of empty. Blitz coming off the left side. It's picked up. Smith throws left side for Metcalf. Caught in the end zone as he falls down. Hangs on for a touchdown. A 98-yard drive capped by that throw. Geno Smith to Metcalf for six points. Westwood won. Again, we're talking about somebody who has thrown nine NFL passes since 2017, and then immediately everybody takes to Twitter with, quote, let Geno cook, which honestly is pretty awesome. Normally, if, quote, everybody is doing something on Twitter, everybody sucks. But let Geno cook was actually okay. And by the way, can you blame him? 
This guy did look great. I mean, there were actual Geno chants. They were chanting Geno Smith's name. I mean, how great is ball? Geno chants. Geno chants. What an insane time to be alive. And then he chased that monster drive with a drive for a field goal. Geno Smith was keeping the Seahawks in this game. And then with over two minutes left, he had a chance to win that game. And the way last night was going, you know Rams fan was freaking out because it felt like it was going to be Geno's night. Until this. Snap to Smith, four-man rush, straight drop back, in trouble. Now steps up, throws far side, and it's picked off at the 35-yard line. And running out of bounds after the interception is Nick Scott. Lockett fell down, it appeared, for Seattle at about the 38-yard line. And there were three Rams around the ball, and Scott picked it off with 2.02 to go. All right, true story. Just as that was happening, or even right before that happened, I was texting back and forth with my gambling guru, James Kelly. And Kelly, I kid you not, right before the ball was snapped, goes, how hilarious would it be if he threw an interception right now? And that thing had barely dinged my phone before he got picked. So before James Kelly could celebrate that fact, I want to be very clear with him then and very clear with the rest of you right now, that's not on Geno. Do not come up in here and say that Geno went Geno at the worst possible time. The intended target, Tyler Lockett, hit the ground. And yes, there was contact from a defender. So you can even make the case that Lockett was knocked to the ground. But what you cannot do is knock Geno Smith for what happened. Geno Smith did not cost them that game. He kept them in the game, big head. He gave them a chance to win, which is a lot more than I can say, and you knew I would circle back to this, a lot more than I could say about Seattle's defense. Now, here's what I can say about Seattle's defense. How do I put this? What's the word I'm looking for? What is the word I'm looking for? What can I say about the Seattle defense? It sucks. Now, not to be a hypocrite, I'm the one who always says saying something sucks is not a take. The Seahawk defense sucks, and they know it. Ball don't lie, and neither does number, and that number is 450. The amount of total yards they allowed, again, 450 yards plus. That's four games in a row they've done that. That's incredible. That franchise has never done that before. In fact, only one other team in the history of the sport has ever done that before. So if they do it again, that record belongs to them and them only. So yes, the Seattle defense sucks. I'd ask you 12s how you're living right now, but I already know. Like bums. You're sitting DFL in the toughest division in football. And no word on how bad Russ's digit is or how long he'll be out. Not only will I allow the take that something sucks because their defense does, I will also allow this on this Friday. Legion of Boom? More like Legion of Bums. Legion of whom? Cam Chancellor's helmet shield ain't walking through that door. Rich Sherman is in Tampa Bay. Even Earl Thomas could help, but, well... We know he's got his own set of problems. Stuff like this happens, bro. Stuff like this happens, bro. Actually, it doesn't. I mean, it can, it has, but not to all of us. Anyway, for your sake, 12s. Hopefully Russ 
heals as quickly as Pete Carroll talks. I thought this is a significant night because Russell wasn't able to finish the, uh, the second half. Um, he's got a badly sprained finger that you know, we need to figure out what work to be done in, in assessing all of that. Uh, Russell's one of the great healers uh, in the, in, of all time, and, and he'll do whatever he can to get back as soon as absolutely possible. Man, that guy was hyped. Listen, when you want to find great rates, organize your finances, or just make smarter money decisions, LendingTree is here for you. With the LendingTree app, you can see all your bank accounts at a glance so you can better understand your spending and saving and build a budget that works for you. You can monitor your credit score, explore ways to improve your credit, get automatic alerts to protect your identity, and LendingTree can help make sure that you're getting your very best deal on loans, insurance, credit cards, and more through their wide network of banks and lenders. LendingTree also gives you personalized tips and insights to help you save money and reach all your financial dreams. There are no subscriptions, no fees, no hassle, just easy, honest, straightforward support to make most of your money and there are no subscriptions, no fees, no hassle. Simply easy, honest, straightforward support to make the most of your money and achieve greater financial health. So download the free LendingTree app right now and get started. Find out why thousands of people turn to LendingTree every day for smarter, easier finances. Terms and conditions may apply. NMLS number 1136. Bobby Okereke is joining us. Bobby, it's good to have you on. How are you, Bobby? Doing real well. How are you doing? Good, dude. Good. Now, you and I spoke nearly a year ago. We talked about your journey. You're now in year three. So kind of bring me up to date. How do things feel right about now? How is your life right now? Uh, life's good right now. Uh, I feel like I have all the opportunity uh, that I've asked for. Uh, you know, stepping into this starting mic position, uh, you know, going through some adversity early on this season. Uh, but, you know, coming off a good win, uh, good performance last week. So just trying to keep that momentum, that feeling going. Um, we're one and three, uh, going into Monday night versus the Ravens, a great, unique challenge. So, you know, we're, we're all real excited over here. You know, Bobby, it's a really interesting one and three. I know you're already focused on Monday night, but if you could go back for one minute and talk about that win on Miami over Miami on Sunday, after being as close as the team was as many times as it was, how good did it feel to finally break on through and get that dub? You know, it felt amazing. Uh, you know, it felt real good. You know, that's that, that feeling we, we've all been working hard for. So, you know, I think it's truly us rem- remembering that feeling, uh, you know, that whatever it takes uh, mentality we have, you know, that, that's what we're talking about. It's whatever it takes, you know, to feel that way after the game on Sunday, to feel that feeling of a calm. So, Bob, you guys you know, gave up. Trying- right. I'm sorry. You cut out for a minute. I was going to say you allowed just 35 yards on the ground on Sunday. So what was the approach when it came to stopping Miami's running game? And then how did it feel to completely shut them down the way you did on the ground? I mean, that's, that's, that's how we pride ourselves with defense, you know, trying to suffocate uh, the team's run game out um, and then, you know, make them force them into passing situations. And, you know, that's when we have athletic players that can get their hands on the ball and cause turnovers, uh, pass breakups and all that. So, uh, you know, that's, that's always an emphasis for us every week. Um, and, you know, it's a growing operation, so we're just getting better and better at that every week. Bobby Okereke is joining us on the program. Listen, I know it's early, and I also know you want to win every single game, but – did a part of you go into Sunday's game against the Dolphins thinking, man, this is a must-win in order to have the season go the way that we want it to go and need it to go? Yeah, in a sense. I mean, you know, for morale, um, you know, obviously 0-3, that's, that's, that's a tough spot to be in, especially on ourselves. Uh, but, you know, we try to stay true to that one no mentality. Um, and we talked last week, you know, it really doesn't matter our record. Uh, the only thing that matters is this game uh, Sunday versus the Dolphins. Uh, and that's how we're carrying it uh, this week, Monday night versus the Ravens, you know, truly doesn't matter our record uh if we want to get to where we want to go you know 
that one of their mentality is going to take us there. So, you know, we're focused on uh, Monday night. You know, I'm looking at that team, Bobby, and when you first arrived in Indianapolis, you were talking about the fact that Anthony Walker Jr. was like a rock, like he was a focal point of the team. He joined the Browns in free agency, so that meant the team was going to have to replace his production and his leadership. How have you gone about doing that? Yeah, uh, it's been a growing operation. Um, you know, just trying to do my job on the football field uh, and, you know, show show why they brought me in here because my instincts, my athletic ability, uh, my ability in the pass game, um, and my physicality. So, you know, just trying to put that all together. And then from a leadership perspective, you know, every team's different each year. Uh, you know, you got to manage egos, manage personalities. Um, but, you know, I think we're, we're, we're a pretty selfless team. You know, people talk about our locker room being special, and, you know, that's, that's, that's very certain here. So, you know, we're just going and growing each, each week, trying to get better, trying to gel better as a team. Okay, so it's interesting. You just said that from a leadership standpoint, that changes every single year. What about you individually? Do you feel like your role as a leader has changed coming into this season? Are you approaching it any differently? Yeah, you know, I'm the mic. Um, so, you know, I try to be that rock, crystal clear on communication, uh, set everybody up, you know, kind of be that uh, flow of communication on the defense. And then from a play style, kind of just let my play speak for itself. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a third-year guy. Uh, you know, we have a lot of leaders. We have D- uh, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, uh, captains on the defensive side of it on the ball uh Zaire franklin he's a captain captain on the special teams so you know there's a lot of vocal leaders so you know i try to try to just lead by example and i let my play speak for itself never bet alone ever again you can join in on the action by downloading win bet today and become a part of the newest sports betting app on the market that's right win bet the luxury hoteliers are now in the digital betting space and they're offering that same five-star service that you're used to from Win Resorts, all in the form of a sports book and digital casino app. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, and more. Tremendous promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have exactly what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up right now. Receive a special offer. Risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download. Bet. Win. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Calendar should go July, August, September, Rosarena, November, December, because nobody dominates this month the way this guy does. Last season, remember, he hit 377. He had 10 home runs. He had 14 runs batted in. He had eight walks. He had 19 runs scored. He did all of that in 20 games. One of the most dominant postseasons you will ever see in any sport. And then last night, he picks up right where he left off, facing the Red Sox. He leads off the bottom of the first with a five-pitch walk. Then moments later, this happens. And a 1-1 pitch to Wander. Swing and a line drive in the left center field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Hernandez tries to cut it off, and he does. A Rosarena on his way to third. Now Hernandez drops the ball. Here's the throw to the plate. He is safe, and the Rays take a 1-0 lead. 1-0 Rays, and that's how you start things off. Then Tampa Bay drives in Franco. That makes it 2-0, bomb of the first. And while I've got a moment, I want to give a nod to the Rays pitchers because they did shut out the Red Sox. But as good as the Rays were on the bump, they're taking a backseat to what a Rosarena did at the plate and on the bases. Here is a word of warning. 
if you see Randy Rosarena rocking cowboy boots before a game like he did last postseason and like he did yesterday, be afraid. Be very afraid because Haas is going to kick your ass. And that's exactly what he did leading off the bottom of the fifth with this. Pavetta ready with a 3-2 pitch to Randy. Swing Uh-oh. and a drive. Deep to left field. Uh-oh. This one is way out of here. Randy Rosarena with his first of 2021. And it's 4-0 Rays here in the fifth. Only thing better than him turning that one around, admiring it, pointing at the dugout, doing a pirouette when he landed at a home plate. The only thing better than all of that would have been is if he dug into the box in those cowboy boots. He should play in cowboy boots. At this point, it probably would only help because that's now 11 home runs in his last 19 postseason games, which is absurd and comical. Project that out over 162 games, and you have 94 home runs. That's how ridiculous those numbers are. Very ridiculous, Ricky. And when you do something like that, you should celebrate the hell out of it. Pimp it for all it's worth. But you can imagine how that played with the Red Sox announcers. They were not that cool with that at all. Well, I'm all for celebrations and fun. And a Rosarena is definitely that. But I guarantee you Nick Pavetta took exception to some of the stuff that he did. He just did a spin move as if you're going up for a slam dunk. (laughs) He didn't move for about five seconds after hitting it. Yeah, he stood and watched it. Pounded his chest. Did a little bat flip. Where's the way the dugout did all these push-ups and then showed you his bicep. Bitter much? Yeah, I'm sorry, but don't these guys call Red Sox games? Don't the Sox throw a player into a laundry cart? and drive him down the dugout high-fiving everybody after a home run? I'm pretty sure they do that. Just as I'm pretty sure that it's awesome. Just like it was awesome when Rosarena celebrated with his teammates and busted out a few push-ups. It's great. You should celebrate that. So if you're a Red Sox fan or an announcer, man, the torture had only just begun because then in the bottom of the seventh, He walked. He advanced a third on a double. And if you had a problem with his act before, how did you feel when he humiliated the entire Red Sox nation with this? Taylor leans all the way in, making a 90-degree angle. A razor and a heads for home. The throw, he has stolen home. And it's 5-0 Rays. Randy Rosarena not only has homered, but he has stolen home. And the Rays lead by a handful. And again, not to overuse the word, but that is so badass. That was so awesome. A straight steal of home. Straight steal of home. And what that is to me is straight cash, homie. There is not a more disrespectful move in all of sports than stealing home. It's saying to the pitcher and the catcher, I am so fast. I am so smart. I am so clever. I am so dominant. I am so in control. I can beat your pitch to the plate. I can run straight home, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. And there was nothing the Red Sox could do about it. That lead down third base, 
that lead down the line was so filthy, he probably could have walked home. He probably could have stole home standing up. I'm not sure exactly what Red Sox reliever Josh Taylor thought he was doing on that, but I'll tell you what he wasn't doing, his job. If I'm a pitcher, I would rather allow a 900-foot home run out of the stadium altogether. I'd rather have a guy knock over the scoreboard than have somebody steal home off me. If somebody steals home off you, you got punked. You got humiliated. Rays manager Kevin Cash said that Randy had been looking to do that for quite some time. He's asked me all season long, Verde, 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 green light, green light, green light. And he got the green light. We gave it to him. That is so good. Like, la luz, la luz, la luz, la luz, Verde, Verde. Not only did they give this guy the Verde, they did so in a playoff game. And he took it. And it was ridiculous. Because that just does not happen in real games. Much less postseason games. Not even in movies, man. Not in an actual game with grown men and actual stakes, but it happened last night. He became the first player in MLB history to homer and steal home in the same postseason game. Of course, because nobody even thinks of doing that, let alone executes that. Check out Cash again. It's basically his, his fearlessness, uh, his athleticism, and being able to do it. It's not like we, we don't practice that. It ultimately comes down to his decision-making and his ability to react at that pivotal moment. Exactly. Why would you practice that? Why would you practice stealing home? Who's going to try to steal home? And I'm not talking about a ball that kind of spun away from the catcher. I'm talking about a straight, bleeping steal of home. Honestly, after he stole home on them, the Red Sox should have walked off the field. They should have done that Ryder Cup move where you just concede the game. You just concede the match. Take off their hats, shake hands with the Rays, and then try and come back and get right for game two. Hell, maybe just concede the entire series. You just watched a guy hit a home run, steal home, score three runs, and there was nothing you could do about any of it. If Rosarena is doing that, and Franco's going two for four, and the Rays pitchers are doing what they did, this could be a very short series. You're now dealing with the Rays, not the Yanks. Which would be a bummer because I want to see as much of this guy as I possibly can during the month of Rosarena. Verde, verde, verde. This dude just stole home. A straight steal of home after hitting a home run. And pimping it. Straight cash, homie. Verde, verde, and I verde. would pay, I would pay lots of cash to see this guy go verde, verde, verde again. Verde, verde, verde. Such a great line by the manager. Verde, verde, verde. verde like verde, verde. is like, come on, skip. Verde, verde, verde. verde, verde, verde. Can I steal home already? Yeah, probably not, Randy. You don't need to be doing that. Except he did. Verde, and every time verde, that guy does something like that that he's not supposed to do, you can only imagine what that does to that guy. Right? There's nothing that guy can't do. When we return, John Morosi, I'm sure, will have thoughts. Hey, John. Time to meet. Hey, John. Verde, verde, verde. Hey, John. Time to meet. Hey, verde, James verde, Kelly. Verde. Cabeza, cabeza, cabeza. Verde, verde, verde. Grande, grande, grande. Verde, verde, verde. Como se dice flight deck. Verde, verde, verde. So are you craving some protein after a good workout? I know I am. This time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire, and it goes with you wherever you go. 
to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, be sure to ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? John Morosi is my guest. John, always good to have you on. How are you, John? Jim, my friend, it is always a pleasure to speak with you, especially at this time of year. What a great week for baseball. you got hockey starting up next week, so many great storylines, and already a historic postseason race on the NL side, Dodgers-Giants in the playoffs for the very first time. I love it, my friend. As always, John, you are a step ahead, so why don't we talk about that? The best time of year for baseball, so many different details and matchups and angles, but why don't we start with what you saw last night, Game 1, Boston-Tampa Bay, specifically the performance performance of one stud, Randy Orozarena. What were you thinking as that game played out? <laughs> it was incredible, Jim. And, and here is, yet again, that sentence that we can say, and it's so true, that history can happen at any time. And we had never seen a postseason game in MLB history in which the same player hit a home run and had a straight steal of home. It had never happened before until last night. And Randy Rosarena, the star who had 10 home runs last year in the playoffs, has now already started out in these playoffs with something that we had never seen before in the history of the game. And, and Jim, this Tampa team is so talented, so athletic, they can beat you in so many different ways with power and speed. Rosarena, I think his speed in the first inning forced that misplay by Kike Hernandez in center field leading to Tampa's first run, his athleticism is palpable, and he wreaks havoc anytime he's in the batter's box. Everybody on the opposition is aware of his speed, is aware of his power, and after the game, Jim, I can tell you this, in my conversation with him on the field, he confirmed that the uh, Las Botas de Poder, the, the boots of power that he had out, uh, the, the cowboy boots that he had out before the game, they actually are magic, and they change in the month of October. So I can report that here on CBS Sports Radio to you, Jim. The boots are magic, and we saw the result last night. I appreciate you breaking that news here, John. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good looking out. Let me tell you about those boots. Not only do I believe in the power of the boots, I tend to think, John, that he could have even stole home straight wearing those boots. It was such an amazing <laughs> moment. Like for you, John, what moment was more electric, the home run or the steal of home? Uh, the steal of home for right. me. And actually, I'll tell you, Jim, by then – we were already down the left field line getting ready to enter the field for the postgame interviews, and I saw him take off. I was looking at him. He was right in my field of vision, and boom, there he, there he went, and the crowd audibly reacted right away. And, and, of course, the pitcher from Boston was a step late in delivering the ball, and it was the perfect set of circumstances. You had a Rosarena's speed and daring, a lefty on the mound, and Taylor for Boston, so he did not have a clear view of, of third base. And as Rosarena told me after the game, he could tell the pitcher was not giving him close attention. And so with Devers, the Boston third baseman, playing well off in the shift, it was the perfect set of circumstances. Left-handed batter, left-handed pitcher, and a base runner who just assumes he can do anything on a baseball field, and he's usually right. I was just going to say, John, like who else even thinks that, much less tries that, much less executes that, much less executes that on that stage in the postseason? Only that guy, John Morosi, joining us. It'd be so easy, John, to talk about him for the entire segment, but what do you make of how Wander Franco showed up in his first postseason game? Amazing, Jim. And to have two doubles in his postseason debut, including, again, the, the double that drove home a Rosa Reina in the first inning, 
He is so calm. I think that, to me, is what stands out. As a 20-year-old, Jim, he is the youngest player in Major League Baseball this season. And he took a very careful at-bat in the first inning, leading to the the double. Another great at-bat later in the game, producing another double. He's a switch hitter. He is so calm in the moment. I I spoke with him the the, the day before uh, the series began. He was so calm, so relaxed, talking about the support of his family back in the Dominican Republic. He has been schooled for greatness, Jim, for this moment, for years in his life. And I think we saw that calmness and that, I think, too, how much he feeds off the energy of his teammates. A Rosarena, yes, but also Nelson Cruz, who's 41 years old. The Rays have the oldest player in the American League in Nelson Cruz, the youngest player in all of baseball in Wander Franco, and both of them played key roles in their series opening win last night with a rookie pitcher on the mound. This team, Jim... The Rays, this is not just some charming story of a low-payroll team. This might be the most talented team in all of baseball right now. An even more astonishing thing to say, John, when you consider who they lost from the team that went to the World Series. But this is how good they are, how well-built they are, how deep they are. John, what about from a Red Sox perspective, given how last night went, how critical is it for Chris Sale to be dominant and go deep into the game? Well, it's an excellent point, Jim. He has to give them depth, exactly what you said, because they had to go to the bullpen so early due to the struggles of Eduardo Rodriguez in Game 1. Nick Pavetta soaked up a lot of innings, which was important for the Red Sox, but Pavetta's also been someone who has started games for the Red Sox, so Boston has to be really, really creative to get this series back into a manageable position for them. Uh, of course, they'll likely have Nathan Eovaldi going on Sunday. He had a brilliant start against the Yankees in the wild card game, so they feel good about Game 3. But they have to get to Game 3 with this series tied. If they don't, uh, this team is really in trouble because you think about J.D. Martinez bouncing back from the injury. He had that freakish injury in Washington on the final day of the regular season where he turned his ankle on second base, taking his position in the outfield. Uh, He doesn't really seem 100% he's going to play tonight probably, but he is not himself. Rafael Devers, uh, Jeff Passens reported that there may be a a forearm injury for Devers right now. So the, the physically... The Red Sox are not where they need to be, and they're playing against a team right now that is as energetic and talented as any team going right now in baseball, and and they had better answer in a big way today, or else this series could get away from them very quickly. John Morosi is joining us. Now, speaking of teams that are not physically where they need to be, maybe the Dodgers aren't, John, but they are so deep. We know this. Dodgers, Giants meeting tonight. Walker Buehler going up against Logan Webb. What are your early thoughts on the series? Well, first, Jim, it's the history of it, and and we talk about the history of the game. There is no rivalry in the sport like this one, none. And it's because you think about the history, and there's no rivalry in American sports that has migrated across the country in the way this one has. And you still have fans in New York who, who talk about the way it used to be at Ebbets Field and the Polo Grounds. And so this series, this matchup, those jerseys, they mean something on the East Coast just as they do in the West Coast. And, of course, on the West Coast, all the times they have had close races out West. You think about 62, they had a three-game tiebreaker, but it wasn't a postseason series. You think about the Joe Morgan home run, the Brian Johnson home run, the Steve Finley Grand Slam, a lot of great moments, but never in the postseason. And so for the Dodgers, I really think they came into their own the last couple months of the season. And with Scherzer being himself, uh, I, certainly it maybe wasn't a vintage max performance in the wild card game, 
But he'll bounce back in a big way during this series. Trey Turner has brought so much to this team. Chris Taylor, what a moment that was. It's a very deep lineup. Now, they're going to miss Max Muncy, no question about that. And the Giants lineup is better than anybody really gives it credit for. Chris Bryant adding into that experience I think is really important. So, Jim, it's going to be a close series. I think the Dodgers find a way to win right now, but uh, I think those who are thinking that there's a big talent gap between the Dodgers and the Giants in favor of L.A., uh, I think haven't been paying close enough attention to the Giants. That's an excellent baseball team as well. John Morosi joining us. You know, John, when you mention all those things, that when you think about that rivalry, you think about these things, all true, all beautifully stated. I can't lie, though. When I think about the Giants, I can't help but think about Candlestick Park back in the day and how it was like 20 degrees, but it felt like <laughs> minus 10, and then the wind would start blowing, and all those sandwich bags would get trapped up against that chain-link fence they had out in the outfield. Sure. And that was some ballpark. And I'm glad you mentioned Brian Johnson, because whenever I think about this guy, John, personal aside, I once threw out the first pitch at a businessman special at Jack Murphy Stadium. And let me tell you something. When you get up on that bump, John— 60 oh, yeah. feet, 6 inches, looks like 6,000 miles, especially when you are a brash, bleep-talking young talk show host. Brian Johnson sent me a perfect target and bailed me out. So whenever you mention that guy's name, wow. I definitely flash And Brian back. Johnson, by the way, a uh, couple things about him. Stanford-educated, brilliant yes. guy. Also, very important advanced scout for the Giants uh, for many, many years and, and helped devise the game plans that led to those three World Series championships in a span of five years. What a great point. All right, so quickly, John, you mentioned the Yankees. They were bouncing the wild card game. Obviously, that was not the plan nor the hope within the organization. How do you think they deal with that? For instance, do you expect a big change or changes, or do they say, you know what, that's kind of a roll of the dice. It's a crapshoot. It's one bad game at one bad time. Let's run it back next year. I think it's much more the latter, Jim. I'd be surprised if we saw big changes. Uh, perhaps a coaching staff change, uh, not Aaron Boone. I don't think Brian Cashman's job is in jeopardy. Uh, they keep Stanton and Judge, of course, who had, I think, really good seasons. And they have to expect that Garrett Cole is going to be better in 2022 and, and perhaps a healthier season from the likes of Jameis and Tyon, who, who could come back and, and be a factor for them. I would also say this. They really missed D.J. LeMahieu. Uh, of course, didn't play in the wild card game. He's been uh, hampered by a sports hernia in recent weeks. He gives at-bats that are different than everybody else's. The thoroughness of them, uh, how careful he is of the plate, his knowledge of the strike zone, they really missed that pure hitter in the lineup. And so I think from the, the standpoint of LeMahieu's absence, if they get him back healthy next year with a full season, they get Glaber Torres comfortable with one set position on the infield, I think that team's going to bounce back. But as we know, Jim, they may go out and chase one of those big shortstops out there, the likes of Carlos Correa, Marcus Semien, Trevor Story, a lot of big names out there. Would not surprise me at all no. if one of them lands in the Bronx. Friday, time for another edition of Big Head Bets. We are exclusively going with NFL picks today. Break out your notes app. Go old school with a pen and paper. Everybody, let's get down. Everybody get down. James Kelly, the big head. Number one, head. Sorry I'm late. Number two, head. How you living? I'm living great, Jim, but who in the hell is Tom? Right? Who the hell hell is Tom and what the hell is CJ thinking? Man... CJ. The gambling game is not made for CJs of the world. Let's put it that way. No, it's not. So let's just jump right into that. This gambling game is tough. It is really tough. You and I are both in agreement. Why don't we start Packers at Bengals? Ordinarily head. This is not a very interesting matchup. It is today. 
but it didn't used to be. In fact, it used to be that no matchup involving the Bengals was interesting, but that was then and this is now. The Bengals no longer are a joke. You can see that in the way the line has moved this week. You can no longer just assume a dub against these guys. In fact, I'll say it straight up, Head. I think the Bengals are borderline dangerous. What is the number? What is your pick? I'm seeing the Packers minus two and a half right now on the road, Jim. I'll hit that, but I agree with you on the Bengals. They are not not a pushover at all. This actually has the makings for a fun-ass game. I see Joe Burrow attacking this Green Bay secondary that will probably be without Jair Alexander. The Bengals offense overall should have a big day against this Packers defense, who have been very, very bad at situational football this year. They rank 29 of 32 teams on third down defense and opponents have scored touchdowns on all 11 trips to the red zone against the Packers. Hmm. But I like Green Bay because, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Credit to the Cincinnati defense for playing tough through four games, but 12 is a little bit different deal. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Big Ben, and Trevor Lawrence are a lot easier to look good against than Aaron Rodgers. I'm going Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams here. Green Bay Packers minus two and a half on the road. Packers minus two and a half on the road. If I can find that, I would hit that too. I agree with you. I like that play. Giants at Cowboys now head. The Cowboys actually matter once again. The Giants actually won a game last week. Daniel Jones actually played pretty well last week, but still not good enough to justify the dumbest colossus ever, Danny Dimes. I mean, he's getting better, but not that much better. Not good enough to justify that. Anyway, Dallas loaded offensively. They get after the quarterback defensively. What's the number you're seeing for this game? How are you playing it? Giants, Cowboys. The spread is minus six and a half for the Cowboys at home. I will hit this. Yes, Dimes is playing the best football of his career. We mentioned earlier about how hard this in our. Um, I want to mention how hard this NFL scre- uh, game is, Jim. Last year, Dallas. That's hardest saying what you're trying to say is. <laughs> Dallas is your perfect example of why the NFL is harder to bet than any other sport. One year ago, the Cowboys were the Wind worst drop. team in the NFL, going 5-11 and against the spread. This year, they are the only perfect team against the spread right now at 4-0. and I think they make it 5-0 and here, I just said. Dallas is legit. They've played a tough-ass schedule, and they're 3-1. and The defense is better than they are. Uh, they were last year. They're creating turnovers and have guys who can get after the quarterback despite missing Demarcus Lawrence. Their offense, dude, it's pick-your-poison stuff. They're averaging uh, averaging 165 yards a game on the ground, and Dak can beat you with his receiving weapons. Despite the tough defenses they have faced, they are averaging over 31.5 points a game right now. I'm all in on Dallas, despite the one dumb thing Big Mike will probably do on Sunday. Cowboys minus 6.5. Dude, you love them. Love I mean, them. you're talking like Jimma is on the sideline and the triplets are out there. And you know what? I don't disagree with anything you just said. And the fact that they've got the best record in the NFL against the spread this year is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dallas minus six and a half at home. Right. All right. Then you got a big, big number in this one. The Lions. The Lions still are not good, but they do play hard for their maniac head coach, Dan Campbell. It's got to pay off at some point, There's right? Maybe this week or maybe not this week. Definitely not with a win this week, but... We're not here to determine who's going to win or lose. We are here to determine whether or not somebody's going to cover a spread. What is your number, and which way are you leaning with the Lions this week? So this uh, line is going crazy. It was minus 10 for the Vikings all week, or minus 9.5. This AM, I saw minus 8.5 for the Vikings. Maybe because Dalvin Cook is uh, questionable, whether he's going to play or not. But regardless of that, 
I'm going to hit the Vikings at minus eight and a half here. That maniac is my biggest worry. He's a pain in the ass because you know his dudes won't stop playing hard, and you hate that. But the maniac just doesn't. Have I hate talent. it when guys play hard. I just want guys to quit. <laughs> I need that. You, hey, you just said the, the problem with that maniac is his guys always play hard. I hate that. Why do you hate that? Give it time because that's how you always get your money. NBA okay. happens it. all the time. It's when guys you quit, you get paid. I get it. That's smart. Yes, Go ahead. Absolutely. Finish the but thought. Not only do they not have talent, Jim, they're banged up bad. They might be down to their third and fourth offensive tackles here in a backup center. Minnesota's biggest concern right now is the left side of that offensive line and pass protection, but the Lions have the worst team pass rush win rate in football, and they just lost their best pass rusher. Cousins will have options Sunday. Also, I love Minnesota being desperate here at 1-3. and three. They have to be ready to show up. If they lose this game, Paul Allen will lose his damn mind, and there will be some problems in Minnesota. Let's go Vikings minus eight and a half. Big head. You know, if I were to bet big head, the Vikings would be one of those teams that I always believe in, and every time I hit them, I get burned. They're my if biggest I were to loser. Bet. They're my biggest loser. All right. Now, this matchup here, this is something else. I mean, this is really something. Titans at Jags. Head. How ugly, how ugly would it be for the Titans to lose to the Jets and the Jags back-to-back how ugly would that be for any team in the NFL much less a team that sees itself as a legitimate contender like the Titans now I don't know if Herb is still in his bar in Columbus letting co-eds grind on him getting dragged out to the dance floor or if his guys will try for him after he quit on them I just know that losing to them would be a terrible look for the Titans. That would be back-to-back losses to the Jets and the Jags. Can you see this happening? What is the number? What is the play? The number I have is minus uh, four for the Titans, and I would not be shocked at all if Mike Vrabel's squad blew this, Jim. Wow. They have been one of the most disappointing teams in football. That offense hasn't gelled without Arthur Smith, and they haven't blocked without Arthur Smith. Ryan Tannehill right now is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. The Jets. The Jets sacked him seven times. But right. luckily here. Can we stop Jags... right there? I hate to interrupt your flow. Mm-hmm. Not that you have one. But what you just said is amazing. The Jets sacked Tannehill seven times. They have no edge rushers either. And they sacked him seven times. Right. That says it all. Yeah. But luckily, the Jags, they have an NFL worst five sacks this season, so he should be fine. I'm hoping he's going to be fine. And also, A.J. Brown should be back, whom they desperately need because they have no depth behind Brown and an injured Julio Jones. The Jags do a decent job against the run, actually, but Derrick Henry will get his. Dude has already rushed for over a whopping 258 yards after contact this season. And honestly, Jim, this is kind of a Pervin play for me. He prioritizing a commitment to ass over team. I'm banking on it, killing the momentum they had been picking up lately. I'm going Titans minus four in Jacksonville. No, you did not. <laughs> no, you did not just say, quote, this is kind of a pervin type of play for me because he prioritizes ass over team. Is that what I just heard you say? Disgusting. That's accurate, and he does. Yes, co-ed ass. In yeah, a yeah, okay, you, you don't need to elaborate, head. All right, you're already on very thin ice, Mav. All right, be, be really careful. Let me tell you, you know how you prevent getting sacked seven times? You turn and you give the ball to Derrick Henry 70 times, I know. which I is know. what they should do. All right, so sick, careful, yo. 
Careful, yo. I know you've been waiting all week to say that. Be very careful. Sick, sick Sunday night matchup. I love it. Bills at Chiefs. Bills have been rolling. Kansas City looked like they were all out of sorts before they started to get right last week. So much to like head about the Bills to me on both sides of the ball and the fact that they've got some jungle karma after Devin Singletary came on this week. All of that and three points the way I see it if you want them. The question is, do you want them? What's your play? Hell yes, I want them. I'm going all in here on the Mafia this week. Bills plus three at Kansas City. The Bills defense is why I'm taking Buffalo at the, and the points here. They are allowing an NFL league low 216 yards a game. Now, those stats are padded without a doubt because they've been playing against Big Ben, Jacoby Brissett, T- Taylor Heineke, and Davis Mills. However, I think they can get a few stops, and I couldn't. I you put some respect on Taylor Heineke, dude. Come on. I, yeah, he is, he's actually the best of those four right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, okay. he is. He's playing pretty good. But what is not impressive is that Kansas City defense, which you mentioned earlier. I know Spags has done um, almost a worse job than Bob Sutton. It, it's bad. Mm. They are terrible. Um, maybe not as bad as the Seattle's defense, but they are allowing double the yardage Buffalo does. They are also allowing opponents in their red zone almost five times a game. We should see vintage Josh Allen against this, uh, this squad Sunday. It would be concerning if we don't. Against the spread-wise numbers, Buffalo is on fire. Casey is complete ass. The Chiefs are 1-7 against the spread in their last eight games. They are 1-8 against the spread and hey, stop right there for a minute. Nine. Isn't that an amazing stat? Like, I know that Kansas City's not playing well right now, but this is not just about that. They're 1-7 and seven in their last eight against the spread. Kansas City, that's an amazing number. That's an amazing number. And then they're also 1-8 and eight against the spread in their last nine games via AFC teams. And then last week, they covered for only the second time since last November against the spread. They have been historically terrible against the spread for how good they really are. So I'm going Bills plus the points at KC. See, I know you well enough to know that when you go for something, just because you hit it doesn't mean you feel great about it. I can tell you feel great about that, and I'm going to second that. I love the Bills plus three. I love the Bills. I love that play. I love the Bills. I love that play. And it seems kind of sacrilegious to go in and that hard against Kansas City, but they're not playing well at all. Their defense is bad right now. Just straight bad. terrible against Philadelphia last week right. terrible all right so run it down reset it for me really quickly what are your picks Packers minus two and a half at Cincy Cowboys at home minus six and a half Titans minus four over Pervin and the Jags in Jacksonville Bills plus three at KC Vikings minus eight and a half at home over Detroit the host of the Jim Rome show which can be heard daily on CBS Sports Radio simulcast on CBS Sports Network the man of many takes JR <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. I am Jim Rome. What's cracking? Fresh off my commute back to New York. Back-to-back weekends, and it was absolutely amazing. We finally got ourselves the game. Almost nothing ever lives up to the hype. Not to be that guy, but my feeling is that definitely did not, did not live up to the hype. Yes! Forget about the last 20 years of Brady and Belichick. You give me 20 more years of Steve Belichick. There it is. I don't know if this guy can coach even a lick, but I know he can lick his own face. Tom Curran. Jimmy, how you doing, my friend? I'm not going to go back and rehash I think that. Belichick was very, very, very happy to meet him on that high road, worrying about you starting to you know, pee on me from a thousand miles away. People will hate. I understand this. Everything is not for everybody, except that suit. So you're wrong, Sarah. That suit was badass. <laughs> 
Patrick Ricard is my guest. I probably would have been pissed. Like, hey, man, you're thinking me. Like, game's over. It's kind of unnecessary. I thought it was kind of bullshit. But at the same time, like, this is history, man. Who cares what people think? I should not have myself in that kind of position. Pull it together, dude. Dude, going back to Columbus with the OSU pullover. Trying to pull me out on a dance floor, screwing around, and I should have left. Right. Yonder Alonzo, what if you're L.A. and you win 106 games and you have to win another to advance? I mean, how right. painful, right. man. What a kick in the butt. That's the game. There is no tomorrow. There is, there is no, no tomorrow. next game. You there have to win no today. Tomorrow. Everybody's on deck. Everybody's all hands. I go to the mini bar. I open up a mini bar bottle and I slice my thumb open. I'm like, great. White shirt. I'm, there's no way it won't stop bleeding. To the blood bank. How about that ass kicking? We just dropped on the hated Raiders. A-holes. The hell are you right now? You do know that was a home game and all I saw was silver and crap. Unwar, any charger Yahoo coming over here to dance on Bo Jackson's hip replacement's grave. And war. Hey, what did that even mean? Stay to see the grandkids. Maybe instead of touching a woman's bottom, or hanging out with your grandkids, you go grind some tape instead of letting co-eds grind on you. All he was doing was looking for a slot to insert his debit card. More the six pounds of gummy bears soaked in Everclear for the tailgate Sunday. Nika, you rule. A.J. Dillon. I've always grown up in a, and thrived in a family environment, and uh, you know that's kind of what I found out here in the community. I'd just say Wisconsin welcomed me with open arms. Is it hump day yet? Hump day. Pervin Meyer. Tyler Boyd is my guest. I got a great feel for him, and he got a great feel for me. You know, he understands exactly where he wants me to be. You know, me being the elite player that I am, you know, I understand coverage as well. What's your beef? My beef is with sports bars. Why on earth would I know what your cable package is? Guys, when they find out it's your birthday, and they're like, oh, so you're one year closer to dying. I've got a beef with uh, your show. I don't need to see the clones' pictures on your show. I can answer that, Jim, because it makes me look better. Talking about Wallace. You know, representation matters for sure. It's all of those young kids that are watching that want to drive cars really fast. You know, this is one's for them. When was the last time I didn't love myself? Yesterday at 2.30. And let's just say it got worse from there. Then I made another bad choice. And now I want to fight me. I want to give myself the hands. These hands. J.D. McKissick. When you're second or you're third, you're not going to get as many opportunities as the guy that they really invested in. You know? So that's why I had to stay focused. You know, deep down inside, I'm better. I know I'm better than these guys. Yeah, hey, Roger. Erica here. Hey, listen, you want to host the Jim Rome Show for a segment on October 14th? I'm sorry, what? Who are you? How did you find we'll me? We'll slot you right after Rit and before Usher. After we take your heart in today's wild card game, like we took your NFL team, because it's about to be timeout, St. Louis. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. No, clones. The family's not coming back. That cheese don't, err. Uh, that ball don't lie. Because the Dodgers had to win that game. Some of you seem to think that I misspoke. <laughs> 100 wins per season has three pennies and a World Series ranks. <laughs> Danny, you make that sound like a bad thing. A little bit swagger. And if they can, uh. Rasso's dog! Don't wrap your tail in my face! Anyway, that smack. I mean, this is all going on like at a urinal. Dude! Dude! Come with us! Come with us! I'm like, you know, I probably should. Dude!
Ooh. On the left a little bit. Verde, Verde, Verde. Grande, Grande, Grande. Verde. That was pretty disrespectful of Mr. Rome. This time, I really am done participating. See, dude, how can I take you at your word when you keep quitting? See you Monday. Kind of a pervin play for me. Commitment to ass over team. Some doinks are better than others. No problem. My pleasure. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Goblins, Woodstock, Saudi Hall. Hashtag. Romy deserved a night out. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. 192. Damn, that is a big fat ah. number. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you for having me. Refs are blind. Crying jackass. Enjoy this incredible sports month. Pervin Meyer. Get out of Dodge. Good night now! Good night now!